and welcome to the EMS On Air podcast. The mission of this podcast is to keep healthcare providers safe, informed, and prepared. Today is February 4, 2021. This episode was recorded on January 25, 2021. I'm Jeff Lassers, and I'll be your host. In this episode, we introduce you to Dr. Sam Mishra. Dr. Mishra, or Sam as she prefers to be called, is the EMS for Children Coordinator for the State of Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Sam is here to tell us what the EMS for Children program is, what it does, and how you can get prepared for your next pediatric emergency. Specifically, we'll discuss the intent and purpose of the EMS for Children program, as well as appreciate the importance of maintaining a state of readiness regarding pediatric emergencies. Finally, we'll describe why it's so important that one person from each and every EMS agency across the entire United States and its territories should complete the EMS for Children program survey that just came out in January 2021. The word survey can be tough to digest and see how it can be beneficial, but we'll convince you that it's worth your agency's time to get this survey done. For more information about the EMS for Children survey, go to emsc-surveys.org. And if you'd like to get in contact with Dr. Mishra, you can find her email address in the episode description. Please keep emailing your questions, comments, feedback, and episode ideas to the EMS On Air podcast team by email at qi at ocmca.org. Also, check out our website, emsonair.com, for the latest information, podcast episodes, and other details. Follow us on Instagram at emsonair. And please, whatever podcast platform you use, subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating and a review because it really helps us to grow this project. I really can't ask our listeners enough to please leave us a rating and a review and help us get noticed on a much larger scale. Remember, the mission of the EMS On Air podcast is to keep healthcare providers safe, informed, and prepared. So, increasing our ratings and reviews gets us noticed by more listeners and more sponsors, and that will lead to increasing our reach, resources, experts, and abilities. Bottom line, Ratings and reviews are vital to our growth, and your contribution will give us what we need to serve those that serve our communities. The only cost to you is a few minutes giving us a rating and a review on whatever podcast platform you use. Thank you, and enjoy the podcast. Good morning, Dr. Mishra. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for joining me today. Can you please introduce yourself to our audience by explaining who you are, what you do, and where you do it? Well, sure. I can do that. I'm Dr. Mishra. I prefer to be called Sam, so I'm going to introduce myself as Sam Mishra. I am currently the EMS for Children Program Coordinator over at MDHHS BETP, which is the Bureau of EMS Trauma and Preparedness, but we lovingly call it the State EMS Office was formerly actually an ER doc prior to taking this role. That's where I got all my clinical training and where I worked clinically before I kind of jumped over to take on this role advocating for kiddos. I also completed my master's in public health and that's where I really started to hone in my passion and kind of my drive for advocating for better care for children. I focused a lot on illness and injury prevention, advocating for parents and families to take ownership of their kids and their education and their health and how to try to kind of cut back on those disparities and issues that children were victims to and try to advocate for them to get better care. That's super cool. 
Now, one of the things you're mainly here for us today is to appreciate the importance of maintaining a state of readiness regarding pediatric emergencies. And I know from personal experience that I hate going on an emergency call that involves anybody who's young. I work in an area that does not have a lot of young people, although even last night I saw a person under 10 years old and they were fine, but you know, for the call that we were going there for, it wasn't awesome on the way there. So they're not fun. So that state of readiness can be very difficult. So can you kind of help us to maintain why is it so important that we're so ready for something that doesn't happen very often? Well, honestly, I think you basically just spelled it out. It doesn't happen that often. If we think about anything that we do, whether it's cooking breakfast or taking care of a sick kid on a call, if it's not something you do all the time, chances are you probably are not that comfortable with it. And if you had the opportunity to train or practice or learn more about something, you probably would become more proficient, right? So I would be willing to say because you don't see pediatric cases all the time, it makes it even more crucial that you learn about those cases, that you train for that event to come so that when you get that call that would normally raise your heart rate and maybe be a little bit of, you know, fear or anxiety provoking, that you are less nervous, that you are more prepared and that you have better outcomes for those kids. Yeah. Being prepared is really the medicine for anything, right? So it really seems like there was a need and to really fill your role. The EMS for Children program exists to really help facilitate that for everywhere in the nation. So can you please tell everybody, you know, what the EMS for Children program is? Give us a little history of why it exists and how it exists. Yeah, for sure. So just like you said, the whole need for an improved pediatric readiness, that's not unique to one city in Michigan or just our state. That's a pretty big universal truth when it comes to emergency medicine with pediatrics. It was a very well-known fact that there wasn't a lot of proactive work done to prepare to see a kid in a critical situation. And a lot of times we even hear things like, oh, they're just a tiny adult. And I'm pretty sure most people would agree now that is not true. But for a long time, that was kind of the thought process. You know, kids are just little adults. That's not the case. Kids are unique. They are their own demographic. They have their own needs. I mean, even their anatomy and their physiology is different than an adult. Just by the crooks of it, we've got to get trained up on that and figure out how do we do better for all of our emergency providers. It doesn't matter where you're practicing. It doesn't matter if you're in a big city, a rural town, maybe somewhere snowy that's 10 hours away from a pediatric center. We all can do better. And that was the whole goal of EMS for Children. Back in the 80s, It's actually a federal level grant and they listened to all this input from many, many people that were saying there's a huge gap in readiness to treat kids. And the feds basically decided, let's have a program, we'll call it EMS for Children, Emergency Medical Services for Children program. And the mission is to reduce child and youth mortality and morbidity resulting from severe illness and trauma. Well, that's a huge mission. I mean, if you want to talk about a broad mission, there are tons of things that fit into that. So there was no shortage of support for this great idea, but the how is always the hang up, right? So what they wanted to do was empower the states to take ownership. And by doing that, they appointed individuals in every state or territory that wanted to participate in this program to be federally supported But it's like the equivalent of me, of Sam Mishra in many, many different states all across our country and in other territories. 
And they encourage us as the leaders to listen to our communities, listen to our providers, ask what they feel like they're doing well, or what they feel like maybe there's a gap on when it comes to pediatric readiness. What tools do the providers need? Is it education, training, equipment? Do they just need to talk to somebody who's seen kids because they haven't? We, as the EMS for Children program managers, our job is to connect and to listen to you guys and to take that and translate it into meaningful content and give it back to the provider to help them be ready to see these kids. That's really cool. So it's not like you can do that for every single EMS provider and agency in the state of Michigan. So it seems like your primary role is to know what's going on at the federal level of the availability of resources towards EMS interaction with children, treatment, transport, all of those things. And not that you're going to teach everybody every day, but you're to coordinate that information and listening to what the needs are of the specific conditions of Michigan is different than what they're going to do in California or Utah. It's just different circumstances. There's different number of people. There might be even totally different socioeconomic differences than those things that require different interventions. It's more like you can probably identify what's going on in one part of our state and then assist them by knowing what's going on in another part of our state and kind of linking those two up and kind of managing it that way. But then also knowing what's going on federally, but also telling the group at the federal level, here's what's going on at my state, what I think other people could benefit as well. So it sounds like it's like most organizations where you're there to work with the currently existing resources to identify their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and then strategically move forward to help them sustain those strengths and mitigate those weaknesses. Well, I think you just summarized it perfectly. And I love that you highlighted something that I am striving personally to manifest in my role, and that is the collaboration. This is not a generation of a bunch of hoops to jump through that are unobtainable or not meaningful. My goal is not to create products or training that fall flat or that are presented in a way that is not obtainable for the provider who's listening or learning from the education or the training. I truly want to get the best information, the most updated information from leaders who are experts in pediatric care, which quite frankly... I am not. I am not an expert in every kind of pediatric emergency care. I am not a peds ICU doctor. I trained in emergency medicine. I have some experience there. But really what I think the best part about it is, is I can advocate to get those leaders and those experts to share what they are so expert on, but translate it. Translate it down from being in a NICU with every tool is wonderful. And obviously that's where babies need to go if they're really sick. But when we're in the field and we don't have resources and we don't have a tool and two doctors and a whole team and a perfectly environmentally controlled situation, what do we do in the field to give that baby the best chance? What are those skills? What does that lesson look like? And I think that that really is my biggest challenge. And that's really my job. My job is to just get those experts and that material and get it to providers in a way that elevates their skills, that really prepares them so that they are ready to go when they get a pediatric call that would normally kind of freak us out. You know, how do we get rid of that fear and just preparedness? Because that's going to make us all better providers. And these kids are going to do better because we are better. That's my goal. 
That's super cool. Now, I know you got a million different things going on, and I've been kind of trying to write on your coattails a little bit and help you out with some projects. And we got some cool stuff we're going to talk about with our audience over the next couple of weeks and months to come. But for now, can you kind of give everybody a flyover of the things that are making you excited that are in the works for the state of Michigan to give an example of the types of projects that you do to support that goal? Well, you hit the nail on the head there too, because we have been busy and I'm pretty excited about it. No, I'm actually super excited about it because the pandemic has been full of negativity. It's been full of fear and unknowns and uncertainty. And every single person has had their life shaken up as a result. But something that I've noticed professionally throughout this pandemic is that our providers have stood strong. They haven't gone away. They want to do better. They want to figure out what can we do? How can we help? People are running to the problem. They don't run away from it. That's the nature of being an emergency provider, right? We run to problems. And I have seen the pediatric program take off during this pandemic. We're working really hard to have pediatric champions, somebody who advocates for this pediatric readiness and education training in EMS agencies, as well as emergency departments. Our numbers, I can't even give you a total right now because they just keep coming in, people asking for more resources. That's one area that's just absolutely taking off. Another area I think is education. And we have done numerous trainings throughout the pandemic with really fantastic feedback. And our goal is to keep that going, to build off of these trainings and give the providers more of what they want. Topics range from infant safe sleep and direct on scene education training, which I know you're going to do a series on and I'm going to help participate in that. Very passionate about how we can help advocate for families to keep their little newborns, babies less than 12 months old safe and not dying when they sleep, all the way to autism education and training and resources for first responders so that when they arrive on scene to an autistic child, that they know how to safely de-escalate the situation and have really good outcomes for that kid and the family, as well as the providers. We're talking about things related to child abuse, safe transport of children. We had a whole neonatal series that kicked off this year and 2021, we're going to have multiple series digging into all the ways to take care of a newborn in the field. What you want to talk about a scenario that really scares anybody? That's one. So I'm good on the goo again. We've been there, done that. I think it's one of those things where when you do it, it's like, check it off. Cool. I can say I did it. I don't know that I ever want to do it again, (laughs) but as a dad, I certainly appreciate it. So uh, I think those are really cool things that you're putting together there. And I think that I'm really excited to just know that there's somebody who's so excited to spread that knowledge at the state of Michigan. Not to say that people previously weren't as excited either, but the current conditions certainly lend themselves to us being able to connect more in a digital way that you and I wouldn't have been able to do initially. We probably would have had a few phone conversations, but we wouldn't have been Zooming so much like this and connecting and making as many projects available to people as we can. So any way that I can continue to assist, I'm going to help you and especially with the podcast here. So one of those things is I'm aware of the EMS for Children program survey that's out there. And now this is not just a survey that we're doing here locally. Recently, I sent out an email to our entire system here in Oakland County, and hopefully those people have been responding and and giving you some feedback. But why is it important that not only the providers where I work with give you feedback on this, why is it important that every EMS agency across the United States do what they can to complete this survey? Thanks for asking. This survey, and if our listeners could see my face right now, they would see that I'm 
I literally rolled my eyes and I chuckled because the word survey has to come up, right? Every single provider is so sick of surveys. And I know that. I feel you. I also am filling out surveys left, right, and center. And sometimes it feels like, why the heck? What is the point? What is this other survey going to do? Is it just a bunch of questions? So I get to tell you about why this survey is actually going to something because it's attached to this program. It's attached to the EMS for children program. Everything we just chatted about and all the things we're going to chat about in the future, all these programs, education, training, resources, this is all related to the survey. So at the end of the day, if you're supported by an entity with funds or otherwise, you're always asked to provide information about why they should keep supporting you. And this survey, while it does more than that, it really gives us that oomph and that reason to show why we should continue to be supported. It shows the progress we make as well. So the survey, I wanted to share a couple points about it is Yeah, I can give you the spiel. It's brief. It's five to six minutes. Everyone tells you that. That's not what you want to know. What you want to know is what about the questions actually matter, right? That's what I care about anyway. So I hope- Yeah, a lot of times people hear this and they're like, hey, you know, they asked me to do the survey. Is this to like tell how great Dr. Mishra is? Hey, Sam's awesome. Give me five stars. No, this is not that. This is to identify the current (laughs) needs, No, right? Give us the details of what they're really asking. What is it they're trying to identify through this process? Awesome. Yeah. So I'm right there with you. It is not about that at all. So this survey is tailored to our state, first of all. So yes, it does come from the federal level and it's a bit beyond my individual control. However, not entirely. We have shaped it so that it is relevant to the Michigan landscape as well. So you're going to be seeing questions related to what kind of levels of licensure are in your agency, because that gives us an idea. We can take that feedback and see, you know, what level providers should we be catering our training to? That makes a big difference, right? And then it also starts to jump into and dive into some deeper pediatric readiness topics. So those questions you're going to see are related to things like, how do you evaluate provider skills on pediatric equipment? Do you evaluate those skills? How often? How do you evaluate them? It even has spots for you to write it in. Or if you're not doing it, that's okay. We just want to have a record to show, no, we don't do that. Should I? Does someone do that? I don't know. It has an opportunity for you to ask questions too, because honestly, all of that content comes back to me, but the whole program in the EMS office, and we get to synthesize it and find out if there are any gaps that we can help address and provide resources at the state and federal level back to you as the provider and agency. Another set of questions I think is really, really critical on this survey that really goes right back to that topic of pediatric champions is... Is there somebody at your agency who coordinates pediatric emergency care? And they kind of, they don't use the word pediatric champion. They don't spell out a title because it's not really looking for a title or someone who's paid to do a job all related to PEDS. It's just looking for, does somebody at your agency advocate for improved pediatric readiness? That's what I want to take away from that question. Because if there is somebody who is doing that or multiple somebodies? Sometimes it's a group of people that say, Hey, we need more PEDS training and we need to do a skills check because we haven't done one or whatever their questions are. This survey is looking to recognize you. So when it's all said and done and all these questions come in, 
this stuff doesn't just go away. I actually get a copy of it and I can make it available to you. I can make it available to medical control authorities, to champions. I can use it to connect these champions. I can use it to connect agencies that want to learn more about peds readiness, or maybe that's doing a really good job and spotlight them and have them be a leader or an advocate for other people in their community. So at the end of the day, when these surveys are done, it doesn't just go nowhere. We actually do a lot of work with it. And the more answers we have, the better the work will be, which means the provider will get better training. The provider will get better resources. It's all going to come back to the people who are actually administering this emergency care. I think it's really important to point out that you can only gather so much data from the EMS run volume data from patient encounters. You can only gather so much. I think it's so important for people to understand when you're trying to measure and evaluate something, taking into account how you feel about your preparedness is just as important as it is of planning it and putting it on the schedule. And then identifying what you need, who you need, do I have the time, energy, resources, and willpower to follow through with it? Or do I have other things that came up? Like, I don't know, a pandemic got in the way. I hope people realize, as I've realized over the last number of years, is these types of surveys that you receive from organizations that are federally funded, it's really important to look at the fact that this is a mechanism to continue to measure another aspect, which is your opinion, your feelings, your experiences, not just, did I arrive on scene? Did I do X, Y, and Z? So yeah. uh, this is not a, hey, do this survey because it justifies my existence as Sam. It actually is serving as a mechanism to identify and feed the balcony view that you have to best serve those underserved populations by using my strengths to help other weaknesses and other people's strengths to help my weaknesses. And I think that's kind of the point here. Absolutely. I really do think that the crux of it comes down to that one component, which is how do you feel about your situation? Yes, there are literal boxes to check. I'm not going to tell you that's not the case. It's a survey we have to measure. But every single question also has the opportunity to type more in or to write feedback, especially when it comes to that advocacy role. And I think that's one that we really try to emphasize here. That's how we started the whole outreach to obtain more champions and recognize more people. I can't tell you the number of providers that I have met one way or another through connections. And they told me, what? I didn't even know I was a pediatric champion. I was just doing my job. I was just asking questions like, can we train more on this equipment? Or is there a better way to use this? What kind of training do we have on peds born in the born in the field when we weren't expecting it? You know, like they are already asking all these questions, but there is a program to recognize that work and then support it so that you don't have to just ask a question and it falls flat and it doesn't go anywhere. You have a whole team of EMS for children, individuals, leaders, advocates, and resources that come with it to support all those questions to do better. So I think at the end of the day, it just goes so much deeper than answering a couple questions. And we really do take it to heart. And it is one of the only ways we can drive our programs and change them to fit what you need. I love it. Now tell me where I can go fill out this survey, who should be filling out this survey and where I can find more information on the EMS for children programs in my state. It's pretty easy. It's www.emsc.org. 
surveys.org. It's EMSC, like EMS children. So it's pretty easy to remember. You literally only have one button to click. You click get started and then states will pop up. So if you're here in Michigan, where we are, you obviously pick Michigan. And if you're not, make sure you pick your state and then it drives it from there. You pick your state, you pick your county, and then a list of agencies pop up and you choose your agency. If you have any issues in this process, which does happen, like your agency's name isn't showing up or it's not spelled right, contact your EMS for Children program manager. So here in Michigan, that's me, Sam Mishra. My email address is my last name, Mishra, M-I-S-H-R-A-S at michigan.gov. Pretty easy to remember. And if you're not in Michigan, you got to look up your EMS for Children coordinator. But if you're listening to this podcast, you can always email me and I can help facilitate that too. So it's pretty straightforward, very easy. A couple things to keep in mind. There's only one survey allowed per agency. So if someone at your agency has taken it, your agency name will just vanish from the list. So what we hope to see is all the agency names start to vanish because everyone's taken the survey. So like right now, there's a lot of agency names on the list, but that's going to get smaller as we have more people who have completed it. Now, if somebody in my agency does it and knocks it off the list and then I log in, you know, I came back from vacation and thought it was my job to get that done. Am I going to be confused and not see my agency listed there? You might be confused because you won't see your agency list, but you can feel free to email me and I can check on it too. Or if you like submitted it and you thought you had the best info and you, and you didn't and you need help or you need to troubleshoot, something like that. Any questions, I'm 100% available to help facilitate, get answers, figure it out if I don't know the answer. Happy to help in any way that, that I can. That's awesome. Dr. Mishra, thank you very much. We're going to have you back about a million more times in 2021. So I don't want to take up too much of your time today, but you have a good day. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. That is all for the show today, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Dr. Mishra for coming by and spreading your knowledge. Your time and participation is always appreciated and never wasted. Please keep emailing your questions, comments, feedback, and episode ideas to the EMS On Air podcast team by email at qi at ocmca.org. Also, check out our website, emsonair.com, for the latest information, podcast episodes, and other details. Follow us on Instagram at emsonair, and please, whatever podcast platform you use, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us to grow this podcast. Thank you for listening to the EMS On Air podcast. Stay safe and have a great day.